Earl Grey for Jeremy. Oh, uh, the Earl Grey is right here. Thank you. So uh, today I'm sitting here having a conversation with my friend Austin Murphy, who is the host of Creative Col No Collateral Creatives. I'm going to get this right. <laughs> it's fine. We got this. Collateral Creatives here on XN Radio, uh, and we're having a conversation about the launch of this new podcast and just really talking through like why are we doing this. So uh, Austin and I started having a conversation, and he said. Just, well, what'd you ask me? How, how did we get started? Well, with this? I was mostly curious because you had brought up this idea of creating the show about theology, technology, and culture. And first of all, I've never even considered the possibility of where these things are connected. So my first question to you is why this podcast? Like why this subject? So for a while now, first, I started off as a youth pastor a long time ago, probably 12 years ago. And I started recognizing that my students were wrestling with uh, technology is just part of a thing that was part of their culture, and they and they kind of took it on without even thinking about it. They, they weren't thinking about not only themselves and their engagements, but they weren't thinking theologically at all hmm. in terms of their engagement. They just thought it was this this thing that I'm doing with Christianity and my faith and church and all that stuff has nothing to do with what I do on my technology throughout the rest of the week. And I actually was looking at the time to go get a master's degree and I was wrestling with what do I get a master's degree in? So I went and looked at prospectus from different schools and looked at MDivs and some things like that. And I'd already kind of taken um, a program kind of like you guys do here at Moody, mm -hmm. which had a lot of like theology and language, Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff in my undergrad as well. And so I looked at the MDiv and said, this is basically just all the same stuff I took before, just more advanced. And I said, that's not really where I'm at and what I'm wrestling with, because ultimately what I'm actually, the question I was asking, and I'm still asking to this day is, uh, how do I understand what the world's trying to tell me? What, what is culture trying to say? And, and not through a lens of, hey, this is what I wanted to say, or this is what I think they're trying to say, or man, they're really messed up. And what are they really after? What are they actually longing for and desiring and trying to communicate that? And, and so read through and understand really how are they communicating, what are they communicating from a cultural perspective. And then also, but then how do we communicate back to them? Okay. How, how do we actually get back to them? And what I realized was that most of that communication was going to happen in mediated environments. And so I started wrestling with, for my students at least, where, how is this new medium, these new technologies shaping their identity? How is it forming them as people? And so I started wrestling and realized there's this whole field that has all of this fantastic stuff in it from a communication perspective called new media. And at the time it was called new media. Now it's kind of like new media is this thing that continues to evolve to be all kinds of new technologies and mediums that we're playing in. But what I was trying to wrestle with there was how do we actually live faithfully in a space to think through technologically and theologically? How do we work through that together? How do okay. we understand what that's going to do for us and through us? How do we understand how it's shaping us into being the kind of people of faith who Jesus wanted us to be? Because it has an impact. Mm -hmm. When we use it, it actually has implications and consequences for us. So I started with students at that point and, and from that point on just wrestling and starting to engage on that topic of how do theology and technology connect? Okay. What do those things have to do with one another? And what are the implications on both sides? Meaning, what does my theology do to my interactions on technology? And how does my technology use start shaping how I think about theology? And is that good or not? Is that helpful or not? Is it actually making the kind of person that Jesus wanted me to be? 
yeah, and that's those are all really excellent topics to touch on. I mean, especially given the fact that these things seem much more interconnected than I think a lot of people give credit for, especially given that we have small conversations happening where it's like, oh, is it okay to have a digital Bible on your phone? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a ridiculous question for a lot of people, but that is a legitimate question a lot of people have had as well at the same time. Uh, then there's the other questions of if you have other cultures that are worshiping God in different ways, are those influencing how theology is done and then if we translate those cultures into a technological world is that bad is that good so Mm -hmm. there's just all these different angles that you can come at this um but your angle is something that's really unique and something that i i I myself am interested to hear more about but i'm mostly interested in wondering what this has to do with jacques alul why (laughs) alul's cafe Yeah, and, and so what I would say is, for me, as I was wrestling through some things, I'm always looking, and, and this is this going to sound strange, but I'm always looking for mentors. And, and often the mentors that I'm looking for, sometimes they're real people, and that's really helpful, and they've been mentors throughout my life. But I've also found what I would call dead mentors, mm. people that are lived long ago, uh, Christian saints, believers. I love C.S. Lewis. But when I discovered Jacques Allel, I started realizing, like, this is a person who is – uh, fought in the French resistance in the, in World War II. He is a person of faith who is also a philosopher. He is trying, He's at one point he's the mayor of a town, he's a professor, he teaches in politics and communication and technology and critique on social structures. So he's got all these different backgrounds, but I realized he was sitting at the table wrestling with two uh, two things that were really, for him, very powerful. And for him, it was always a wrestling. It was never a, I can come up with an answer that's going to solve the problem forever. Mm-hmm. There wasn't this destination to arrive at. It was this journey to figure out how to balance two tensions. And he always thought of it in the terms of those two tensions. He thought of it in terms of dialectics that I would, uh, for instance, an easy dialectic would be you want to be known, but you also want to be private. And you've got to figure out how much of one because I can't be both. The moment I'm known, I can't have some, everything private. But if I keep everything private, then I can actually be known. So I'm constantly trying to wrestle with the space in between and know that those two tensions actually have to balance themselves. And if I can make two tensions, two tensions like the chair you're sitting in mm-hmm. and, and and the table that we're sitting at right now, those this table has been balanced by putting opposing tensions equally on either side. Mm-hmm. That's actually helpful because we think of tension and we think, I, I don't like tension. Tension's stress. Tension's bad. It's going to make this... Right, yeah. No. Tension, when it's equally balanced, actually creates something that's stable that we can actually eat off of, drink off of, uh, have Earl Grey tea off. Jacques was trying to force us to realize that we had to live in the tension of what did it mean to be faithful Christians to what the scriptures taught us from thousands of years ago that are living in the world that we're in right now that has things that that scripture never actually even talked about. Mm. How do okay. we live for him at that time? How do we? How does he live faithful to the scriptures, but living in the world that he lived in? Is it okay for him to be a French resistance fighter? Right, is it okay yeah. for him to critique uh, technology? Is that okay? Is is this? How do I do this? And how do I do this well so that I'm not neglecting the scriptures? One tension, mm-hmm. but also not saying, oh, I'm just going to live like the scriptures say here. But I'm not actually thinking about how do I live that faithfully in this moment that I currently live in, this time and space, this culture that I occupy. How do I live? In the tension of those two. Mm-hmm. And as you wrestle with the tension of those two, it's not actually like a table or a chair. It's actually like what happens when you stand up. 
Mm, when you okay. stand up, you are constantly balancing yourself between two legs. So if you're walking down the street and the sidewalk's tilted, you just naturally balance yourself. You don't think about it. Yeah. That's what this is. This is a walk. This is a journey. This is a series of questions. And that's why I'm hoping that this Alul's Cafe is a conversation, a, a dialogue between some people who are going to ask some questions. And we're going to wrestle with some of this and say, okay, you might disagree with me. And I'm totally fine with that. Because you're trying to wrestle through what does it mean to be faithful to the scriptures and actually live as the witness that Jesus called me to be in the space and time that I occupy right now. I'm not sure that I can make suggestions or answers or recommendations that are going to be true in 10 years if you're listening to this podcast 10 years later. That probably won't work. You're going to have to still figure out how to walk in that balance and those tensions to actually walk faithfully with both legs on the ground. Yeah, and there's so many different ways that you can go about that, especially since, like like you just said, there's so many examples of what this means with tension, what this means with communicating back and forth between so many different subjects and narrowing it down to just these three, like three things of technology, theology, and culture. Um, and Which I, covers pretty much everything, by the way. I'm, I'm aware that I can, you know, we can talk about all kinds of cool stuff in this in this podcast. Because so. there's so many, there's so many things that tie into that. Like, if we go into technology, we've got ranges of what about movies, what about shows, sure. what about our phones, what about cars, what about transportation, all of these things. And relating to technology, this whole podcast is a good example of trying to branch out into these three topics all at once. Mm-hmm. So my, my final question in regards to your whole setup here, like what mm-hmm. you've got going on and this great idea you've got here, why a podcast? Like why make it a podcast instead of like a web series or a YouTube series? Why not any of those things? Why a podcast? Well, <clears throat> because, well, a couple of things that are going on and, and, and recognize that in some of the mediums and technologies that we're currently using, a lot of it's based in text. Hmm. And, and what's missing in text is, uh, I struggle with, is tone. Mm, okay. So um, if I'm trying to be serious, you can tell I'm being serious. If I'm just goofing around, it's silly, really silly <laughs> and it's stupid. You can hear that. Yeah. You can hear that on a podcast. And so the, the ability to add back some level of tone. In fact, when some students have asked me, like, you know, what... what uh, what's one thing that you wish that you could add from a media perspective in terms of your biblical faith? And I said, easy. It's super simple. I just want to hear Jesus' tone of voice when he's talking. Mm, because okay. if I could hear if he was like, oh, he sounds fired up in this moment, mm-hmm. or he's angry, or you know what? He's really soft and he's compassionate. Just hearing the tone, the range, the type of voice he's using, I would that would just turn the scriptures from being text into this full color experience for me that I could easily just say, okay, I get that now. Yeah. I know why. Is he mad? How many of those were jokes? <laughs> like how many times was he joking around? And he's like, you can't hang out with 12 guys and think that there's not going to be joking around at some point. Of course. So yeah. which parts of that are like, oh, and so there's a, uh, an idea that maybe he was joking when he, you know, being kind of sarcastic when he first meets Andrew and he's like, ah, here's a true Israelite. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, okay, you're here now. And, and and that may not be true at all, but that's my point. There's mm-hmm. some level of tone. So I, could I write this all out and put it all uh, on a blog post? Sure, but you're going to lose tone. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the other reason that I think the podcast is important is it allows me and you and the people who are listening to say, hey, we can actually interact. Yeah. You can talk to me. You're sitting here. You're looking at me. We're drinking something, and we're talking to one another, and we're actually engaging as two human beings. That's really difficult to do when we move to mediums and technologies that have less nonverbals, 
can't hear tone. I can't actually engage in real time and synchronous things. Mm-hmm. But I'm also wanting the people that are listening to wrestle with the same kind of questions we're asking. Um, I want, if I can, I mean, ultimate goal, what do I want out of this? I want to spark some conversations for other people to have. Oh, sure. Out there. Hey, you know what? I heard these two guys talking about this on a podcast. What do you think about that? <laughs> awesome. More conversations from a conversation. Right. That's what I want because ultimately that's actually getting to the kinds of things that I'm really pushing toward, which is we need to have more conversations. Yeah. We need to have more real live conversations, more embodied conversations that are good dialogue where I can listen to you and you can listen to me and we can actually disagree with one another in a way that's healthy and civil in a way that we actually reach really hard toward understanding one another. So it's not just, well, I heard you. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to blow you off. No, let me really try to understand what you're after. Not so that I can answer you, but so that I can understand your perspective and then allow that to kind of stir some things in me and help me understand more about myself and you at the same time. So for me, a podcast allows us to do that better Mm -hmm. than just writing letters back and forth. I mean, theoretically, if you were adding video, you could see that we're sitting here and see what we're drinking and and go, oh, he's really (laughs) drinking Earl Grey tea. Yeah, because it's my favorite. Uh, Thanks, Jean-Luc. But... (laughs) I'm saying to you, like, realistically, I think a podcast is one of those things that also, though, is on the flip side, uh, makes it really accessible to mm-hmm. people who are, I'm driving in my car. Cool. Uh, I, I I can't actually do anything else because I'm driving in my car. <laughs> this is a perfect, I'm going for a walk or I'm running or I'm at the gym or I'm doing whatever. I can listen to a podcast. And I've noticed over time that you could say, well, I'm going to watch something, but it's a lot harder to watch something when I'm running or I'm driving my car. I got to have my attention somewhere else. Yeah. A podcast has portability mm-hmm. that encourages conversations to happen in other places. So I'm loving this <laughs> this entire medium and how it's playing out. I, I, I think it's the opportunity is to continue to see how we can engage more people in this conversation. That's another thing I'm excited to try. Well, that's perfect. And I'm, I'm happy that you went with this choice because, I, I mean, having a, a host, uh, like hosting my own show myself, I understand the power that the podcast can have. Um, and actually, when it comes to this whole conversation of technology, especially with theology mm-hmm. and finding tone, have you have you heard of The Chosen, uh, the TV mm-hmm. show that was mm-hmm. yeah, yep. directed by Dallas Jenkins? Yep. Currently on its second season. It just finished, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that has sparked a lot of conversation in and of itself right now mm-hmm. because they gave Jesus a tone. Yep. Um, have you actually seen the show? I think I've seen one episode. I haven't haven't watched the whole season. So people keep saying you got to get in on this, and, <laughs> and I'm keep telling them I'm just a little busy, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to it. I will. Yeah. I'll get to it eventually. It's it's definitely worth it. I'll tell you that, especially uh, as a person who I think you're a whole lot like me. You think deeper on the things of mm-hmm. like let's say how it was made or who was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of moments within that show that kind of poked at a lot of people's uh, heartstrings, but also at a lot of people's theological strings because they made. Jesus do things they didn't really expect. Like there's a moment where the disciples are getting ready for Jesus to do a sermon, I believe in Samaria. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, the whole thing with Samaria, they were all afraid of them and all of that because yep, yep. lifelong enemies mm-hmm. and like generational enemies really. And they, they can't find Jesus. He's just gone and disappeared. They mm-hmm. don't know where he is. They go and find him and he's fixing some guy's cart, like in the episode, he's under mm. this guy's cart, fixing it. Hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, we have the teacher of teachers here, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's fixing some guy's cart like it's changing a tire on a car. And it's stuff like that that started a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think conversations like that could be started right here on this show. 
because there's a lot of targeting towards how are we going to be communicating things? How are we going to say certain things? Mm-hmm. How should we be going about certain topics? Um, and I actually, I am wondering, what kind of things have you heard from, let's say, either just overall general other believers, uh, maybe others in the professorship or in the student body? What sort of things have you gotten over the years of people coming up to you and talking to you about technology? What concerns have they had regarding, let's say, how technology influences theology or how theology influences technology, vice versa, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, you're going to get a really wide range of questions there. depends on uh, kind of their pres- there are assumptions about what we even mean about that word technology. We're going to talk about that in some upcoming episodes. What does the word itself mean? Yeah. Like, we say that word, but we don't actually really clearly understand the word. Mm-hmm. And, and the other key there is we don't actually even agree on what the <laughs> word means. So I'll, I'll ask my students on a regular basis, can you define technology for me? And I literally get 20 definitions out of 20 <laughs> different people. Yeah. So there are a lot of assumptions that people have about technology and about the way we use it. There are some that are older and have some sense of like TV's, you know, bad. No, TV's good. Uh, radio's bad. No, radio's good. Um, there, there are these often, though, in these very black and white terms mm-hmm. instead of thinking through like, OK, but I don't think my refrigerator's bad. <laughs> is my refrigerator technology? Well, technically, yeah. OK, so is so we should not have that. Well, no, I wouldn't ever say that. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so the questions that I get are often around. They're very loaded questions. Yeah. They're very loaded with assumptions. They're also uh, very, they come from a really deep place mm-hmm. because the deep things that are they're wrestling with are really about things like what does it mean to be human? Right. Um, what, what does it mean to be selfish and broken? What does it mean to be sinful? Is this actually making that worse? Is yeah. this dangerous? Is it good? Could it be used for good? Is that the way that we define how we should use something because it could be used for good or it could not be used for good. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of questions going around there. And even to the point of like, is this even something we should be talking about or getting near? And and my response is that it, it has to be. Yeah. Because it was something the disciples of Jesus talked about. Uh, they talked about the technologies of their day and how they were using them. They used those technologies of their day to actually... Uh, help the gospel get out, get to some different places it was never going to get to without those technologies. And some of you are like, wait a second, they didn't have mobile phones. I'm aware they didn't have mobile phones. (laughs) No, there's not radio. I'm not saying that. But they use their technologies to advance the gospel. They -hmm. use their technologies to communicate and engage people as ambassadors of Christ. So how we do that is not a, I'm not going to do that because they did. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do it well? Which again comes back to a lull. Lull trying to say, well, what would well look like? What would the means and the ends of what we're trying to do with technology look like? And often what I've come to realize for most people is that when they ask the question, they've already layered in five or six assumptions. (laughs) And so I don't usually answer their question. I usually ask them three or four more questions before we're ever going to get to anything that looks like an answer. Because often they've made assumptions that they haven't acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And so for me, part of this conversation is to get down, dig down underneath and say, what are you actually saying here mm-hmm. about being a human, about what it would mean to live a faithful life, about what technology really is and does and what it should do? Mm-hmm. Let's ask some of those questions when we start engaging, because the truth is, if we don't ask those questions first, 
all the questions about, well, should I buy this new iPhone? That's kind of a secondary question. That's, yeah. in fr- fact, probably a fifth or sixth level question for me. <laughs> you've got a whole bunch of other questions that you've got to wrestle with and think through what does it mean to live faithfully before you even start talking about which mobile device to pick. Mm-hmm. So, But we don't talk about it. We just assume that, like my students did all that long ago, <laughs> that technology thing has nothing to do with this, my faith. Yeah. And so we split them apart and we don't ever let them touch. And yet I have never in my life read the scriptures and seen that Jesus had this bifurcation, like split these two things up. They don't have anything to do with each other. Everything for him was connected. Mm-hmm. All of the things that he did and said were connected to everything else he did and said. He had an integrated life and a life of integrity that actually held everything together mm-hmm. and couldn't say, well, that has nothing to do with this. It does. You're going to operate out of your own values. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what those are. Let's expose some of them and see where they're from so that we can actually get to some really meaningful conversations and ultimately get you to a place where you can say, this is what I think and believe about it. So I'm going to act and think and do these things with technology going forward. Awesome. I'm not even here to tell you you should do it my way because I, I, I'm still wrestling through some of it myself. But at least you know the questions that you need to ask and wrestle with. And hopefully those questions are the things that generate the kind of conversations that can come about after this. That's going to bring up a whole lot of stuff regarding history as well, I feel. Because mm-hmm. like, like you said, it's not technology relating to the iPhone or no. d- disciples driving around an Audi or something. Right. It's that technology yeah. has changed over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've said this many times. I think I've, I've maybe even said this on my own show. But um, in, in, from my view, from my understanding, I think probably one of the best ways that we can see that we were made in the image of God is the fact that we can create in the first place. Mm-hmm. And given the fact that Jesus utilized the quote-unquote technologies of the time, writing, mm-hmm. or maybe even, we don't even know if he did, but maybe he had some form of like a cart mm-hmm. that he would mm-hmm. he was able to ride around on. Sure. Uh, he was in a home most of the, like a lot of times. If he was in the wilderness, yeah. he would make his own tools. Mm-hmm. It's like these were yep. all technologies. So trying to interact with that and trying to, to push with that, uh, it's really important. And I think probably one of the best ways to explain the importance of talking about things like design and mm-hmm. technology is probably going into, I remember I, I was in one of your classes, probably maybe it was either one or two years ago. I can't remember mm-hmm. now. Fundamentals of visual design, mm. I believe. Yep. Um, I believe that was actually the first time we had ever met. Um, I remember you had opened up with the Fibonacci spiral or the mm-hmm. golden spiral mm-hmm. as a way of explaining that God's creation had a design to it the fact mm-hmm. that you can find the Fibonacci spiral known as the basically the perfect format for designing anything yeah because it has one of them, yeah. it has like most perfect, ratio. as, perfect ratios like multiple of them mm-hmm. and it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and they're and it's everywhere mm-hmm. it's there in galaxies it's mm-hmm. theirs in plants it's there in, in just landscape design yeah hurricanes um the shells all kinds yeah. of different places yeah so if you can find God in those places mm-hmm. I think that this is an excellent time to bring up the fact that you can find God in all three of these topics that we're talking about, especially in theology, obviously. But theology has embedded itself into culture. It embedded itself into technology. So trying to find where these points are, trying to discuss where the points are, like points of contact are between those two things mm-hmm. or three things would be probably where I could see this whole conversation going in the first place, especially given that oftentimes these three things will interact all at once. Mm-hmm. There's never just mm-hmm. a one-to-one, one-to-one. It's mm-hmm. usually spread between the three of them. Um, 
I think probably some of the most questions, like the biggest questions that I've gotten from other students around here, uh, there have some. There have been some that have asked uh, if if I think it's okay that I have an Xbox on campus, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know they, they're saying that it's distracting, mm-hmm. that it can it can mm-hmm. lead my my mind astray, it can distract <laughs> my my mind away from God, that sort okay. of thing. But I, I have a counterpoint for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where technology and theology, one way in which they can cross. And you can give me your thoughts on this. Yep. Um, what I like to say, using the world against itself. Mm-hmm. I I have a console and I do play games on it, but the friends that I'm playing with aren't Christian. Hmm. And I tell them about the gospel almost every time that we play. Hmm. And I and by this point, I've actually gotten two of them to start reading the Bible. So in that way, I think that theology and culture and technology, all three of them, have some form of play in mind where you can use all of that for the kingdom and kind of make that, that bridge between them way stronger by showing that they not only can interact, but they can influence each other to the highest degree. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, potentially. I mean, and, and, but I want to even get away from having to justify something based on its use. Mm, okay. Like, because, I, and I agree, we can use it for things and we can say, hey, this is used for the kingdom. But I would even argue like, and, and we'll talk about this, we'll, we'll probably spend a couple of episodes rolling up this <laughs> and have you some of you back because you guys love talking about video games. I love video games. Um, <laughs> But I think you can actually even teach. You can lay some foundations for intelligent design theologically mm-hmm. by talking through game design. Like mm. a game, every single time you play it, was designed with a set of problems. But the problems always have a solution. If there is a problem in any type of game you play, whatever the game is, if there is a problem, there is always a solution. That framework of thinking that way about design mm-hmm actually starts laying in for kids the idea that, well, that means that if something exists in this world, that if God put it there, then there was a reason for it to be put there. Mm -hmm. And it starts thinking, oh, so the things that we have in this world that work were designed that way to work that way. And that must mean that there's someone intelligent who designed them. Hmm. All of a sudden, I have frameworks for start talking kids about the existence of God just because the video game itself is designed that way. So <laughs> let's not even talk about how do I spread the gospel through a game system. Let's talk about the fact that the framework in using that technology provides an opportunity for me to engage with people in ways of thinking that help them understand the world and the way it actually works and the God who made it. Fantastic. Yes, that's. I didn't even consider that one myself either. So with that, with the way that apparently... <laughs> Again, I hadn't actually thought about that at all. Um, with the way that technology can quite literally shape a lot of our understanding of mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. what sort of what sort of shapes do you think people are seeing these days? What sort of problem are you trying to attack here with people looking at technology and calling it evil, or people looking at other cultures and saying that they need to be overridden with their own? Like, let's let's mm-hmm. go about this in the direction of. There's a lot of people uh, currently in multiple countries that have their own way of looking at Christianity or their own way of looking at their own religions, and they are declaring that other cultures, other religions are outright, they should be removed and they should be overridden. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of problem are you getting at? Like, what are you attacking here? So, so, two, so two things I think we need to actually wrestle with. One of them, and we'll probably be wrestling with this across most of the episodes, one mm-hmm. of them is... Where is a technology actually contributing to 
my rebellion mm-hmm. and ways, and we'll talk about that next episode, talk about a framework for thinking through uh, how do we think that through and from a theological perspective. Yeah. But where is it actually contributing to my rebellion, to my selfishness, to my brokenness? Mm-hmm. And where is it actually helping and contributing to me either, either using it redemptively or actually making and forming me into the person who is flourishing as a human being? Those are some really powerful concepts to think through. And sometimes that means, like a lull, to critique the technology and say the technology is not helping you in this. It's not <laughs> actually getting you where you want to go. And actually it may be making this way, way worse. But you're not paying attention to it. And you're just kind of naturally sliding. And so sometimes it's how do we work against it? Sometimes it's recognizing, though, that, frankly, I, I need to set it down for mm-hmm. a period of time so that I can actually engage in different kinds of things. So it's this nuanced relationship we have with the tools that we use and, and even the, the frames that we use to think about them, the systems and the, that we think about them and to be able to understand like, okay, so how am I approaching this and how am I engaging with this in ways that are appropriate and life-giving and not actually feeding my selfishness and brokenness. And to essentially sit back and say, well, listen, um, I think we should use technology to do this, and this may override a culture, or this may... Okay, hold on. Let's step back and actually wrestle with the assumptions about what we think is good. Mm-hmm. And that's a question that theology needs to answer, but also has to wrestle with culture. Like, what do we mean when we say good? What, is that, what does that actually mean? What is good life? Right, yeah. Uh, because it's telling stories about a good life. This is what a good life is. And technology in our current society actually says and, and gives a narrative to what is a good life. We're going to talk about that coming up. So a lot of these conversations and questions really get to the heart of what's going on in our culture. And in and they're really theological questions, but technology is the, uh, the way that we're getting at them, the, mm-hmm. the way that we're coming at them and engaging them, and, and, and sometimes even through the technology to get to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's where we're, we're heading in this podcast. And I'm super excited about talking about all these things. And I don't want to like start unpacking like 50 <laughs> episodes. And then we're like, oh man, you just spent an hour talking about all the things you're going to talk about instead of actually mm-hmm. getting on to something. But I, I think that there are some, like so some really interesting things that we need to wrestle with. For instance, we use technological metaphors all the time to talk about humans. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really, really dangerous thing because humans are not technology. We're not hardware. We're not software. Yeah. We are actually made in the image of God and fallen and broken, but we can't describe ourselves as machines, and that has implications if we keep doing it. How do we talk about that? Mm. So, Well, this is all very exciting, in my opinion, especially given, I mean, I've looked into a lot of these things myself relating to where technology was used potentially incorrectly in the past, mm-hmm. and some of the things are also just more ambiguous you're not there's no right or wrong there's no way to check that really i think probably one of my favorite examples that i hope that at some point someone can dive into this topic in one of these episodes um during the time of post-world war ii like very shortly after world war ii Mm -hmm. the world has just is trying to calm down after just all-out panic and destruction across the globe and there was a company called coronet okay and have you heard of the of the coronet like short films like short doc, like short instructionals they sound familiar so they were they were little pieces of film they were like i don't know 60 plus episodes or hmm. so 
and they were made around 1945, 1946, somewhere in the range of like 1945 to 1950. Mm-hmm. And they were basically instructionals on how to be a person again. <laughs> you had like okay. instructions on how do you be popular in high school? Sure. How do you raise a proper family? Mm-hmm. And these thing, these questions weren't there before, and that created that ideal that uh, that the idealized American way, mm-hmm. right? That that created mm-hmm. the whole yep. what we think of like when you think of a of back in the 1950s 1960s you think of really bright colors you mm-hmm. think of like retro tech and all of that and all of that was created mostly from the ideology that came from coronet interesting so i would love to see that touched on or topics just in general relating to history because i can see this like i said earlier this is definitely going to dive into history at some point or another especially Absolutely. if you're talking about a lull who is history <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's like like you're going to be going in on these topics very hard and I, I myself am really excited to see it, especially given that, I mean, this is a topic that I love going in myself with, yeah. te- specifically technology. Mm-hmm. And I never tried crossing the streams between tech, culture, and theology. Yeah. So um, I think one of my final questions that I would have for you regarding this whole thing that you've started and the path that you've set us on um, what sort of expectations should we have mentally? Like, what should we prepare ourselves to hear? What should we come in expecting to hear whenever we get onto this show and get to get to listen to people converse, having their conversations and diving deep into what theology, tech, and culture can do to influence our thoughts? Yeah, so I think, I think you can expect a few things. The first thing is you're going to probably walk away with some questions to ask some people around you and your friends and say, what do you think about that? I heard heard what these guys thought about it, but what do you think about that? That's the first thing is my anticipation is that we ask really, really, really good questions for some really interesting conversations. But also the thing that I want to see come out of this podcast, and, and to be honest, it's something that people who write and think about technology are wrestling with as well, is the how to reclaim a really good conversation. And okay. hopefully in the process, we start modeling that. We start helping you understand like, oh, so this is what a good conversation would look like. It doesn't mean I have to agree. It, it means that we could get animated and still like each other. <laughs> like, oh, man, you got fired up about it. Cool. But at the same time, it needs to be something where we can say those two people disagreed and walked away and still liked each other. Yeah. Those two people disagreed and actually started to come to some level of understanding of one another because that was the goal. The goal wasn't necessarily to sit back and say, well, I'm right and you're wrong. We're just going to sit here and argue. <laughs> Way too much of that in the world. Way too many people just saying, I'm right, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. I'm right. Guess what? We're not actually getting to any place where we're having what would be called civil discourse. Mm-hmm where we have levels of understanding and we can appreciate each other's side without completely agreeing with each other's side. I can see what you mean and I can see where you're coming from. And even if I don't agree with it all, I can appreciate it for the side and the frame that you're trying to address it with. That would be some fantastic conversations. And unfortunately, when I look around at the world, a world that is highly mediated, (laughs) I don't see those kind of conversations taking place very often. So I'm hoping that not only do we ask really good questions, but we wind up modeling for people what a good conversation could look like for, in fact, some people who don't get to see them very often. Yeah, I I appreciate that, especially since that sounds like it's going to be also diving into safety. How are we going to be Mm -hmm. safe when we're interacting with these things, especially given how you just brought up that whole idea of there are usually two sides. Mm -hmm. There's no one that has an independent idea whenever it comes to most arguments or conversations that we see like going about in the streets, online, anything like that. And 
that mostly due in part does have to do with technology. Let's say like news sources. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of those that they're taking aside. They're making a headline really, really like they are flaming it up because that gets the attraction. Well, and it makes them money. Exactly. So let's, let's, you know, track the back the money. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> yeah. So whenever we're going into this, that's also going to, I think it's going to do a really good job of creating a sort of protective shell around our, our way of thinking at things, the, our way of interacting with these things so that we can look at that sort of headline and go, that does that sounds inaccurate. That doesn't sound like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And you can start to create your own, your own thoughts on things. You yeah. can start having your own conversations. And so, for that reason, I'm I myself. I'll be the first one to thank you for creating this this show. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. And yes, I'm very I'm very happy that first of all you invited me here. Yes, uh, the drinks are fantastic. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll try and keep up the quality while you're hanging out at a little cafe. Excellent. All so. righty. Well, are there any uh, are there any final notes, any comments you'd like to make to our audience today? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. If you're listening today and you have questions, because there's a ton of questions that are coming, and I know I've got students asking me questions and even other professors who are like, I want to jump in and talk about this, and, and that's awesome. This is really, uh, hopefully, though, a dialogue with you as well. So what I'm asking is if you have questions that you want to talk about, uh, I can't promise I'll get to them right away, but I will keep track of them, and we will get to most of them uh, over time. If you can email them to me, my name is Professor Jeremy Pettit. You can email them to me at Prof Pettit. It's P-R-O-F-P-E-T-T-I-T-T at gmail.com. It should be listed in the description if you need to make sure you spelled everything right because there are four T's in there. You're going to look at it and say, <laughs> I'm not sure that it should be four T's. It's four T's. You can email me at profpettit at gmail.com. Just what questions are you wrestling? What are you things that you're like, I want to know what you think about this. I get people all the time that will walk up to ask me just a question and be like, hey, uh, I know you don't have time to answer this, but can you just think about it? And I'll set up a meeting and we can talk later. Okay, great. We can talk about those things here. And I'll be inviting different people in, uh, different students who have really good questions, but also faculty and authors and different people. So there's somebody you're like, I'd love to hear you talk to this person about it. Great. Send me interesting ideas, but send me your questions because really that's what I want to know. I want to know what you're asking questions about in regards to technology and theology and how do we actually live this play, this life well, faithfully as people who follow Jesus. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, I believe that is most of the time that I have at least for, for this episode. <laughs> so I appreciate again the, uh, the, the drink and um, uh, I guess I'll see you around for the next episode, huh? Sounds great, Austin. Thanks Alrighty. for coming by. Thank you very much.